This is episode six of the Ask Dad Labs podcast, recorded on April 8th, 2021. It's simple. You ask questions and dads answer. When we need actual answers, we will find the experts. Today we have Fritz from St. Louis, Missouri. He has four daughters. And we have Nick from Louisville, Kentucky. He has two kids aged six and 13. And I'm Ben, and I'm in the Detroit River, just south of Detroit, Michigan. My boys are 11 and 12. Let's get to the show. Well, hi there, Nick. How are you doing today? How is Louisville, in, uh, how is Louisville Kentucky? It's doing all right, kids. The 14-year-old, 13-year-old is going back into classes now and seems to like it. He's not, he's, you know, it's still school. He still hates it, but he only has to do work on two days. The other three days, the teachers are doing um, other classes in person so they're not even doing virtual so he just ha- basically has to do his homework he has three days to do it six-year-old the girl she loves going into class and loves being on on camera for the other three days so yeah. it's all going all right uh, excellent excellent and fritz you're joining us uh welcome to ask dad labs uh you're joining us from st louis how is life in st louis Oh my goodness, it is nuts. The weather here is absolutely indecisive. Like it was hot as nards the other day and I'm out here now in a jacket and it's just it's like pick a season. Come on, we're supposed to be in spring now. No, it's actually it's it's really good here. I mean, I've been in St. Louis my whole life and the pandemic has been pretty wild here. It's still the whole city's kind of in flux. There's different pockets of restrictions and things, but we're getting by. As far as our girls are concerned, it's like things are the status quo. We were homeschooling since before it was cool. So, ah. you know, it's not it's not super new for them, but we've had to kind of change things up because, you know, we're living history right now. So, you know, what yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll probably touch back on that a couple times here. Cool. Um, and, and of course, I'm Ben, and, and uh, I'm just south of Detroit, and I'll tell you, it's it's crazy my kids are, are loving it, but but we're starting to have some closures with the resurgence. Michigan's going nuts. The high school shut down for a week right after spring break. Middle school, we've got, I think, 50 kids in quarantine right now um, in the middle school. It's, it's touch and go with that, but I get my vaccination tomorrow. So I am looking forward to that. Yeah. Now, speaking of, you know, the Detroit, we've got... It's it's the beginning of the uh, of like musky and uh, and walleye season up here. The Detroit River is a huge place for that. And the thing is, is that with COVID and everything, these fishing tournaments they they don't have spectators anymore. Instead, they're live streamed. Hmm. You mean they didn't? Ah! <laughs> wow! You got me. Yeah, you got me. I'm used yeah. to hearing dad jokes yeah. from my for my kids i give them a quota of one dad joke per day ah. and, they, and they didn't cash any in for a while so i'm kind of yeah but now now you've got one for yourself <sighs> you just it it's like i got, I got punched in the face oh it's a great <laughs> i gotta use it i gotta use it no i was legit thinking i'm like well man what if they do like what they do here in the stadium <laughs> you know like Put the cardboard cutouts and play some songs of like, yeah, catch those fish or whatever. Well, let me let me tell you let me tell you the truth of the matter is that it has always been live streamed. It uh, these these bass tournaments are usually covered by ESPN, and yep. they 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 show it live on TV. 
there is no place to watch. And so there are, there never were spectators. So there you go. Okay. Um, so starting out, um, with this, I, um, everybody knows by now I work at a museum. I work at one of the greatest museums in the world, the Henry Ford. And I work in Greenfield village, which is, which is an outdoor museum. I start back to work at the beginning of our season on April 17th. It's got me thinking, what are great things about museums? What museums have you seen? Have you been to that are great for families? Both of you live near some really incredible museums. Thought I'd get your opinion on what makes a really good museum. We do have some good museums around here. We've got we've got the Art Museum, and unfortunately, I've never been to it. <laughs> I've never been to it. I feel like a I feel like a tool. There are some really cool installations, which I'm going to, I'll consider that a museum for the purposes of this conversation, but there's a sculpture park called Laumeyer Sculpture Park, and sure. it's a sprawling, like mostly outdoor park that has just pieces of art. There's like a giant eyeball that's like 15 feet tall. You can stand next to it and just like have it stare into your soul. It's awesome. You know, <laughs> highly recommend. It's like a staring contest. You never win. But yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of places around here that have a lot of character. The Science Center is really awesome. So I guess you can consider that a science museum. Sure. But yeah, here in St. Louis, there's all kinds of cool things. But I've never been to the art museum. I need to go. People keep saying I need to go. We've got the Louisville Science Center. And as a kid, I loved it. As an adult, when I first took my kid there, I was like crazy disappointed. All there were so many things that were broken. It was just run down. I was like, this is off. Now, in the last, I'd say probably six years, they have ramped it up quite a bit. The last time we took both kids and, and they had lots of things. There were there weren't broken things, lots of new things for the kids to run around and very interactive exhibits. I still think it's a little expensive for what it is, but it is, you know, it is, it is much more kid friendly, family friendly now. And they had presentations and things where the kids could do crafts and different kinds of painting and all of that. So that was really cool. I think the coolest one I've ever seen was in Hartford, Connecticut. I think it's the Connecticut science center. And it was just this, I mean, I don't know if it was just fairly new or what, I mean, it's been, I don't know, He's 13, so it's been six years since we've been there. It was just amazing. I mean, the exhibits were just, everything just seemed really high-end. It wasn't very expensive at all. Um, we spent an entire afternoon there, and still, I don't think we saw and did everything that they had. And the Children's Museum in Indianapolis, which is not... It's phenomenal. You know, yeah. It's, if you get a chance so to get was, up there, Fritz, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They got giant dinosaurs hanging out on the outside of the building, sticking its head through. I mean, it's... You've got like a six-story bumblebee the from from Transformers. Yeah. In the, oh, yeah. In the entryway, yeah. It's it's stunning. From the movie. I mean, they've got a four-story glass sculpture. They've a, got a, a slide that comes yeah. down all the stories. That they do yeah. this parade at the end of the day. Every little exhibit has some sort of button pushing for interaction. I think the Children's Museum in Indianapolis is a little better for younger kids. The Louisville Science Center, still mm, elementary school, not quite, maybe sixth grade, 
the science center in Connecticut was, I, I think, a good range up to middle school. One other museum I just remembered, there's a, I don't know what it is, Rhythm Center or Rhythm Oh, museum yes, yes. In Indianapolis. Yeah. Which is just basically about drums and shit. And it, it's crazy. They have these little soundproof rooms you can go in and the kid can just wail away on a giant stage size kit. Yeah, that's uh, that's the headquarters of, I believe it's the American Percussion Society. Is it? Yeah, and okay. so they have a museum there that, that highlights percussion. So it's it's amazing. And I mean, I played drums in high school, was never very good at it, but that place was just phenomenal. Just lots and lots of fun. And it's it's not big, short afternoon trip, but and it wasn't too expensive. Kids love banging on drums and clasping <laughs> cymbals and just wailing away. It was crazy. Man. Yep. Our five year old would go nuts. She would just Yeah. She'd go in there like animal and just la 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 go crazy. It's exactly what they do. They every single kid in there did that at some point. It was it was so much fun to watch. And that's that's in Indianapolis. Yes, just for for reference. And we'll I'll, I'll make sure to get links in into the uh, into the episode notes for all of these things. The uh, Detroit is a a museum mecca. The thing about having all these titans of industry gathered together. I mean, St. Louis has a ton of that too. They take their money and, you know, they've got plenty of it and they put it into the things they like. And so the Detroit Institute of Arts is a phenomenal, some would say top 10 art museum in the in the world. They have paintings that you recognize because they get quoted in other places. They've got you, you just every turn you're surprised because you've seen that before, which in the smaller regional art museums, you know the name, but not really the piece for the most part. But places like the the, the Chicago Art Museum, uh, the uh, the Chicago Art Institute, and the the Detroit Institute of Art have paintings that you recognize right away, even if you don't remember who the artist is. And and so it is really amazing to to see that. And then and then they have over one hundred galleries within the museum. And so everywhere you turn, there's something. My favorite thing is to get into this giant golden elevator that they use for for moving their statues. So it's super tall. But we take that up to like the second or third floor and we come out and I've got, you know, my boys are, are tweens. So we walk out of this and the hallway in front of us, like I said, these were this is what they use for the statues. It's just all butts. It's, it's sculptures, just naked sculptures. And so we're walking through and it's just nude, 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 nude. And then off to the side, if we try to get away from those, it's the Italian paintings and it's nude after nude after nude in there too. And so they just glow bright red and it is a blast. Uh, but they have, they have all the traditional things that, are, that an art museum in the, in the comics have. And they have art or they have, you know, the paintings. But then they also have suits of armor, they have weapons, they have uh, furniture, they have uh, they have these giant murals. Uh, there's one uh, uh, Diego Rivera did this giant mural, a fresco, and it's permanent and it's huge. It's this giant room, and it's all about industry and how American labor came together to to create 
good and bad. So it, it has references to war and peace and manufacturing in it. And it's just an amazing piece. And so I can't say enough about that museum, but I can also not say enough about all the other museums because it's right next to a giant science museum. It's across from a big history museum. And it's also next to a a great classic African-American history museum too. And then you go over to Dearborn where I work and the Henry Ford is just an amazing, amazing museum started by Henry Ford in 1929, mostly as a school. And so he started collecting stuff. He collected stuff of some of his friends. Well, when you're Henry Ford, your friends are some pretty notable people. <laughs> and so he's got the the building that, that the Wright brothers developed their airplane. Uh, Orville Wright donated it to Henry Ford to let him put it in this village. He was great friends with, with Thomas Edison. So the, the building that the light bulb was developed in, that the phonograph was developed in, that the telephone was improved in, is there, even though Edison only used it for, for about five or six years. The building that Noah Webster wrote the dictionary in is there because it was about to be torn down in New Haven, Connecticut. And so Henry Ford collected all these things and, and put them in a, in a museum that's something like 95 acres in Dearborn, surrounded by by the Ford campus, but we're independent. And so it's a great place to go. It's got a little bit for everybody. We just opened a giant a giant racing in America exhibit that's been put on hold for two years because of COVID. We've got we've got a, a big oh and it's it's great. It's interactive. You can be a pit team. So you can change NASCAR tires and and fill the fuel and all that kind of stuff. Nick, you'd love it. I would after love that. your that would be NASCAR cool. experience. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's just all sorts of stuff and movies and, and all that. And we have two two TV shows that get filmed out of the museum, and it's it's just amazing. We we uh, are one of the biggest maker fairs in the world. When we can have it, we're not having it this year. It's disappointing. But it's just an amazing place. It's got a little bit of everything. Hopefully, I'll be able to include, if not this episode, in a future episode, talking with some of our exhibit coordinators and curators about what it takes to put together a nice uh, program for families. And so I'm really excited about that. But, I want to toss out a few others, not necessarily yeah. just to give you more work, Ben, for finding links and shit. But um, <laughs> I've been to several, I, and I don't know the names of them, air history museums. Uh, oh, airplanes. yeah. There's a great one in Kalamazoo. There's one in Tucson. And, and to get to the one in Tucson, you actually drive around some of the military aircraft graveyards. Oh, right. Those I remember hearing about amazing. that. Amazing. Just to drive by them is just the coolest thing. Yeah. We went to one when we were in Connecticut. I don't know what, what it is. I'm pretty sure we, there's one up there that has a B-52. You know that's a big plane, but to stand there next to it and just, it, it's just crazy. And they have a warehouse type building that is just jam-packed with all of these crazy looking planes. They have like bicycles and, and little race cars and, and all these different vehicles, yeah. boats, everything in this. this just And then they're like, there's a plane here. There'll be a Cessna right here. And there'll be a boat right here and a bicycle right here. I mean, it is just jam packed. So there's so much to see visually. The boy, I think, was six, six or seven and just loved it. So I absolutely highly recommend if you have something like that nearby you, even you know, an hour, two hours away, it's worth the drive, I think. About halfway between you and me is one of the best aircraft museums in the world. 
Um, and that is at Wright-Patterson Air Force, Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. I think my dad is actually going up to their next week with one of his grandkids. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Who is, who is going to be an aviator of some sort. He's already like 90% of the way through his, to his pilot's license. He's a high school senior. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, I, I think that's the one they're going. And that's a, that's a free museum run by the Air Force. And it is just amazing. It's super big. They've got a, a B-2 bomber that spans this massive. The wingspan on that thing is amazing. Yep. They also have a space shuttle that you can go into. So That's even crap. bigger than a B-52, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it, they actually have a trainer. So that's why you can go in it. All the rest of them, they chose that. They chose to have the trainer space shuttle because they could let people go in it. If they had one of the other ones, they're artifacts and you can't let people touch it. Huh. So, so uh, pretty interesting. I, guess, I, I get that. I guess they yeah. also have they also have the uh, Air Force Ones. They have a collection of of the presidential aircraft. So, the, definitely uh, a cool thing if you're around Dayton. Yeah, yeah, the one in the one in Tucson has JFK's Air Force One. I think it's the last. I'm not sure. I think it's the last prop Air Force One before they went to jets. And that was really cool for my dad. He got all misty-eyed walking on that. That was that was really sure. not far from there too. Is the the Neil Armstrong Museum, where it details how he got into aviation and then got to the moon. I was gonna say there was a there was another museum that I, I totally forgot about, and it's like one of my favorite ones. I guess I hadn't considered it a museum here in St. Louis, but it's more like a children's museum called the Magic House, and it's really cool. I mean, even as a kid, thinking back, it's like. Man, this place seems to be bigger on the inside than it appears. You know, it's almost like a like a Doctor Who thing, but they've got a yeah. they got a big basement. They got like it's like three floors and they've expanded on it and they've got all kinds of stuff. They keep their stuff fresh. Nothing's broken. I haven't run into yeah. any broken stuff, but they still have some of the stuff they had years ago when I was a kid. They got this special room that you can go in where the walls are like they glow a little bit like they have a light that flashes every like 15 seconds or whatever so you can do karate moves or whatever and it like leaves your shadows up on the wall yeah and it's like dude that's freaking cool i'm gonna do a jump kick (laughs) and i go there when i'm 40 and i'm like no i can't do that i'm gonna let the girls try that (laughs) oh that's awesome it's a fun place it's really fun that's awesome and that wall reminds me of another museum the speed museum here in louisville they just did a, a major overhaul three years ago, I think. And they have, they started doing art sparks is what they called it. And mm-hmm. that was a kid friendly thing. Cause this was a much more, even as a kid, I've been there several times and it's on the campus of U of L. It was a much more <sighs> paintings and, and old furniture and sculptures and things. It was a much more, don't touch anything type museum to me because that mm-hmm. was my experience with it as a kid. I'm like, Oh, what's that? You know, a suit of armor. Don't touch. Okay. Whatever. But they, they have done a lot more community outreach and events there now and, and bringing the kids into art sparks is kind of like all the science kids, children's museums and the science museums that have much more interactive exhibits down in the basement for that area. And one of their things was this, funky screen where it's showing all rainbow late it almost looks like a laser light show 
but yeah. it's taking the shadows of the people dancing around in the room, moving around in the room, and then it moves around on the screen and stuff. And the kids just love that. They will go in there and dance around and spin with hula hoops and ribbons and things for hours. But they also have all of the other crafty stuff and, and special tables and things set up with paints and clay and all that. Now, that was all before pandemic. We haven't been there since. But also one of the local breweries, Brown and Foreman, have made it, have paid for it to be free every Sunday for cool. everybody in the community. So um, yeah. drink that whiskey, everybody. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> it's free. Drinks are on the house. Yeah, right. Yeah, I wish. Make it you a lot know, easier to, to get through that with kids. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be, just, keep, just keep having fun. Daddy's going to keep drinking. <laughs> there, there was a new thing that I saw recently, and I'm like, how cool. This is a cool idea is they have a room. There's like floor to ceiling TVs in there, like screens. They may project stuff on the screen. I don't know how it works, but they have a table where you get like crayons and markers and you can pick airplanes or cars or trucks or whatever and color the picture. It's like a, it's like a flat cutout of the vehicle that you picked. So you can put all kinds of designs on there and stuff. And then when you take it over, there's a little hole in the wall and it takes a picture of your picture and then it builds the thing as a 3d model. So then you got your truck or your car, or your helicopter, like, driving or flying around the cityscape like going up and down streets and every once in a while they've got this dragon that flies out and just roasts some of the vehicles just burns them up and it's like well i guess that's one way to free up computer memory so that you can have more kids making trucks right? and cars and stuff absolutely but i was like oh that's so cool and like the airplanes will shoot at the dragon and try to kill it and they never win. They never win, I don't think. Right. I don't think the dragon ever crashes and burns. It just raw, just destroys them. <laughs> you know, the programmer in me was like, that's a really cool way to, you know, yep. get, yeah. get rid of okay. some of that memory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the dragon killed you. Oh, that's so sad. Let's go to the next thing. <laughs> yep. Let's get right. a break. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. NCAA tournament, basketball, the women's tournament ended the day before the men's tournament. So that's good. They came in first, I guess. Is that how it works? I have no idea. The, the tournament Football. that finishes first wins? Probably <laughs> right? not. But so so there were a lot, of, a lot of comparisons between the two tournaments this year. A lot of discrepancies between how the women were treated with like bagged lunches when the men got catered dinners and that sort of stuff. U.S. men's soccer team failed to qualify for the, the next World Cup, but the women's team is still a superpower in, in women's soccer. Just, just recently, Michigan pays a lot more attention to hockey than soccer, and the women's U.S. US national hockey team basically had to go on strike to get even paid for their practices as a hockey team. What is going on? with women's sports and I, I've got, I've got boys. And so I'm not really facing this very often, but you guys both have girls that I don't know if, if they're getting into sports or not, but, but how do you handle that as a dad? Well, I mean, I'm still before that. And I honestly don't know that my daughter will get into sports simply because we are not into sports. So she's not exposed to it. She very well may, 
and you know she wants to play basketball then crap i gotta learn how to play basketball and learn the rules and all that to help her out the disparity is just insane you can argue that well the men bring in more money and they're more popular to watch blah 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 and that's all just that's just media bullshit they they are lucky that the men do that for the school for the broadcast stations or whatever the reason men get more coverage is because or better ratings is because the men get more coverage if you start covering things more often i mean and it's not just like the big sports like basketball i mean there's women's softball there's field hockey there's there's so many other sports that students are just forgotten about and it's it sucks i mean i was never good at sports so i never got into them so i I don't really have a dog in that fight but yeah the women need to be taking those sticks and clocking some administrations over the head with them because (laughs) it's ridiculous i mean it, it really is particularly in college let alone when you get to the pro level but in college even the men those student athletes are all taken advantage of mm-hmm. and in a I, I think kind of a horrible way you know that's because we have governments that you know state governments and things that keep cutting education budgets so you kind of need those high-end sports. They, they are a revenue generator for the school, and that's stupid. That's part of the problem. So that's that's where it, you can always, always, always follow the money. Yeah, I think what you're, what you're hitting on there with they're going to cover what they're going to cover, they're probably, they're probably looking at what is going to generate the most revenue. And with our girls, it's like – they're inclined to sports. Like when I was in high school, I ran cross country and that was never, that was never a sport that was really big. Like the people that wanted to play a sport that they would get recognition for, they'd go out for football. The school I went to was a football school. And as far as our girls are concerned, I think they've, like I said, they've got, they've got some leaning in different directions. They like soccer they like baseball a little bit. They tend to, huh, you know, freak out when the ball comes at them and stuff, but they'll play. But they also, when we have them play with other kids, we don't do or say anything to indicate like, oh, they're boys, you know, so they're going to be a little bit rough. You know, they'll they'll just get in there and mix it up, and it's just kids playing, right? So we're trying to, I guess at the outset, try to make sure like there's always equality there. Yeah, I mean, we don't we like I said, we've been homeschooling. We plan to homeschool all through high school, so it's not like we're gonna have to. We're not gonna have to pimp them out to get funding, you know. Right. Like that, come out there and play some right. games, you know, right? It's a lot of what it's do, what it is, what yeah. uh, what sports does is like, hey, yeah, we want the best player here because he's gonna bring in, he's gonna help us win, which will help bring in money. Mm-hmm. The money that I have seen in in printing for a university that comes in for football and basketball men's is insane. It's crazy. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. 
ain't capitalism fun? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm participating in it, you know, myself as trying to be an entrepreneur, but yeah. some of this stuff is just, I'm, I'm doing it myself. I'm trying not to do it on the backs of, you know, 20 year old athletes. Right. You know, with without girls, I, I have no, you know, I, I don't have a dog in that fight for sure. But my wife is a rabid, rabid, rabid Purdue sports fan. <laughs> and the thing is, is that Purdue does not have that many sports. And so, you know, Title IX makes it so that so that women's sports, the ratio has to be maintained. So they don't have like a men's soccer team because because they, they don't have enough women's sports to do to do all that for whatever reason, but she is a rabid basketball fan and her heart was absolutely shattered when they lost in the first round in the tournament this year, but she's already ready for next season football less so, but I'll tell you, she likes the men's sports because she likes looking at men (laughs) and she will absolutely tell you that. Well, Um, and, and that's another thing too. And it's like, is it a little bit creepy? Well, I, yeah. I I think there's a there's a point where, particularly as a dad now, where there's that line that it, it and it, and that's well as a dad our I society that we you know I can't decide that we're just I'm going to take my boys and we're going to go watch girls basketball at the high school yeah. without that seem seeming yeah without that creep factor that that weird I mean and and even if it's totally innocent I mean you know right there's there's that creeping thought in my head about it and then creeping thought about what other people think about it you know yeah it, it but but that also leads to that that issue is that if if we're not supporting them at the high school level it's hard to support them higher up you know we don't we don't know what girls from our school went on to play at Michigan State or or Michigan or University yep. of Louisville, you know, we can't, we can't figure that out because they don't get the attention, but we haven't been paying attention. And yep. so, so there's all sorts of levels of that. That's not to excuse any of it. Give no, them money. Not at all. Give them all the money. That's all. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Give them half all and half. Yeah. How, how, I mean, no. how is that not just the starting point? You know, if, if I don't know, I, I, I don't have an answer and, and I know it's not a, in, in our society, the way things work is, you know, like I said, follow the money. I know it's not as simple as 50-50, but it should be. Well, it, it's uh, complicated. I, I kind of think that's what we should, that's what we should strive for, right? I mean, yeah. but again. Well, I mean, for all the talk about equality and stuff, right? It's like, right. that would make the most sense. Right. Well, and I, it's not think... taken away. It's not, we're not saying equality for women's sports to take away from the men we're saying let's raise the women up to the same level mm-hmm. and well so what i would say is actually very different and that is take the sports out of the schools hmm. you know hey. i mean that's the european model uh, um you know soccer's the thing in in england and you don't play for a college right you don't play for a high school you play for your club Yep. And and if you're any good, you're recruited to the club system as, you know, an 11-year-old. But again, the reason that doesn't happen here is the sports are a revenue machine. For They're the a schools. mechanism for bringing Absolutely. in money into the school because yeah. we do not fund it from the government, from our taxes enough. 
And yeah, I, I love that idea. I love that idea. So there yeah. you go. But that, that means that we'd probably lose a lot of girl sports too. That's the thing. Well, would I, we, or would you just form new clubs? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we would. I, I, do you think field hockey would exist without 20 without years college? ago? <laughs> 20 years ago? Absolutely. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. But you think so Today, now? Absolutely. Yes, I think it would. Okay. Because I think half our population is women, you know, and, and all of the dads out there, well, of but, girls. But here's, here's the part. I, I, I don't dispute that at all. I'm not going to go counter anything, but <laughs> the, the issue is that is, is field hockey that interesting to watch? I would watch women's curling 24 hours a day. I love watching women yell just <laughs> freaking anything especially at a big stone rolling down the ice. Women's curling by far beats men's curling any day. But I don't think I would watch field hockey. It's it's too bad Clay isn't here cuz I think he would watch field hockey. Right. I mean yeah, and he and he has <laughs> a, a a girl who's who's going through all of this in college now. Right. Um I, I would love to hear his thoughts on this. But there's people who watch NASCAR but don't watch formula one. There's right. people who watch field hockey and like field hockey. And I do understand that there are a lot of people that watch and are enthusiasts for basketball and football that are not basketball players. They are not basketball parents in band. The only people in the stands at band competitions were other bands and their parents, nobody else. If you did not have a kid there, nobody was watching that stuff. Yes, there will be people who would watch field hockey, but there's not so, people watching field hockey now. So to the audience, if you're a field hockey fan, definitely chime in. Definitely, yes, definitely please. let us know. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I've never watched a field hockey game. I don't know if it'd be exciting or not. I've never seen one either. It might be. I've heard them yelling and screaming when they're when well, there they're we go. Practicing. Okay, I, I declare it now. The first Ask Dad Labs live event, we're going to go to a field hockey game somewhere. <laughs> I bet Clay will, Clay will tune us in on that. we got to find a place, I don't know, somewhere around like, uh, I don't know, somewhere near like Kansas City. So if you've got <laughs> out there at home, if you've got a field hockey game somewhere near Kansas City, that'd be pretty central for us. And we'll all go. We'll watch field hockey together. And uh, probably have some beer. So it's got to be a place where we can watch field hockey and have With beer. beer. <laughs> there we go. I think that's going to be a tall order, just tall enough that we don't have to do that. <laughs> but there we go. All right. So moving on, this is one of Clay's topics that he really wanted, which was minivans. Are you pro or con on minivans? Absolutely pro on minivans. So you're sitting in a vehicle. That's that's the thing is is uh, Nick and I are in these little studios. You're actually in the studio that you use to record your podcasts. Yeah. So what vehicle are you in? Well, this is a Ford F-150. Amen. So this is my dad's <laughs> truck. Yeah. But when I'm driving around town like a soccer mom, I choose Honda Odyssey. So... <laughs> 
and they're both white. You know, we like to color coordinate, but yeah, I'm I'm all about minivans. We actually so, had to so get is a that the, one. Do you have the Do you have the added feature of the vacuum in the Honda Odyssey? Oh, they come with vacuums. You, at least it used to be. <laughs> oh man, maybe I, I know we have one in the back. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Well, we bought it used, so okay. I'm gonna have to look at the instruction manual, but no, we we shop vac this thing out like every year. Oh, I it's bet. like a, a family thing. You get all the French fries and Kleenexes and hair bands and everything, and it's like pull the seats out so you can do it. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we we get like a cat's worth of hair out of this van every. <laughs> Girls just drop hair everywhere. It's like what in the world? Like get some more iron in your diet or something. I don't know. You're losing your hair. But yeah, we we had uh, for the longest time we had like a Dodge Grand Caravan, the original. We, yeah, we filled the thing up, man. Like it, we're running out of room. We're like, they're gonna have to sit on the floorboards or something. We need a we need a short bus, like the Partridge family. And she's like, Nah, I did some research. She's like, We'll get this uh, Honda Odyssey. It's got magic seats. They get bigger. It's like awesome. <laughs> so went with it, man. We've had it for three or four years now. Yeah. I am I am not in a minivan, but I am absolutely pro minivan. I, I do not have any of these macho bullshit qualms about driving yes. one. It's masculine. Yes. If, if I <laughs> ever have one though, I do I have always told my wife that if we ever get one, I want the red stripe like from the A team on it. And I am not in any way, shape, or form kidding about that. It'd be a <laughs> Very inexpensive little vinyl wrap thing to put that on there. I get a, get it black and put that red stripe on it, no matter what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but every every friend that I've known that has had as a dad that has had or driven a minivan absolutely loves it because you can fit everything in it, mm-hmm. even when it's bad weather. It's not like a pickup truck where you can't put things in the back if it's raining. You know, you can still help your buddy move if you, if it's raining that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a station wagon. I have a, a, an Audi A4 Avant. I'm all about station wagons. I had an Outback for the longest time. I wanted one of those, what was it, the Chrysler Magnum or whatever. Oh, I yeah. Loved the look of those. You um, did. The, I, I question your taste now. Yeah, whatever. I never got one. It's like a uh, hearse, wasn't it? Because they they were not very mechanically sound from everything I read about them. So I never got one, but I absolutely love those things. Uh, Or station wagons. I'm all about the station wagon. Yeah. Um, So I know that if when we ever get a minivan, I will be all about the minivan. Well, last time I was at the museum, I took took some pictures of the family car section. There's actually one of the I, I don't remember what year it is, but they've got a grand or a, a caravan from like the first generation when when uh, Iacocca took those. He was going to do it for late, Ford, by the way. That had to be late 80s. Oh, I think it was I, mid 80s. I think we got our minivan in like 84. Yeah, I mean, we I had a brown one at my house. We had a brown one with wood trim. Yes, oh. I remember. I always wondered why they never we had did a Woody. Yeah. You know how like old seventies vans, you know, they put them shag carpet and stereos yeah. and the sink in them and everything. I I remember my high school senior year thinking I want to do that with a minivan. I want to make the minivan camper. 
I never got a chance to do that. I well, you know, it. Nick, you, you may get your chance because because now is the time that the camper conversion uh, van thing is taking off like crazy. Yep, tiny yeah, houses so. and school yeah. bus conversions and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, the information, the the builds are out there. Now, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is this is my thought on minivans: is that they generally like so maybe they work for for smaller people, but they do not work in a family like mine. My 13 year old, I, I talk about this all the time, but my, my 13 year old, my is, is big. My 11 year old is enormous. I mean, he's taller than his, well, Duncan's not 13 yet, but, but, uh, he will be at the end of the month. And you know, he's, they're both getting close to six foot right now at, at fifth grade. And they do not fit in anything smaller than, you know, it, it's got to be a pretty big vehicle. And the, for my money, for getting my kids around town, it's got to be something the size of an F-150. Yeah. Um, the backseat in that thing is the only thing that will hold, hold these kids. We're just going to have to deal with that. But if I were to try to get, if we had more than two kids, I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, and, uh, and actually it's going to start getting tight with a dog. But what would I move up from there? I'd be moving up to an Econoline, man. I'd be going for like a 12-passenger van. We'd be driving that that thing all over. It'd fill up my entire driveway. But that's what we'd be. We'd be going around, and I would be proud of that big 12-passenger van. And it would it would suck up like a gallon every half mile. And that's just the way it's going to be. That's that's my take. And and I also, you know, I hurt my back plenty trying to get car seats into a Equinox. And that's not a low vehicle, but <laughs> I'm dreaming, you know, if if I was to have a kid now, I would love being able to strap that car seat into the back of the truck cuz I'd right. never have to lean over. Oh, it'd yeah. be it would just be beautiful. But That that's a a a big thing. I was driving a Ford 500 for a while. It was just, you know, you just get in it. Yeah. Where now the Audi is, you climb down into it. It sits yeah. on the floor. Uh, even though it's a station wagon, it's still like, I think it's listed even as a compact. I mean, it's it's a, not a big car, but yeah. Yeah. It took me the longest time to get used to this truck. And like when you're driving around in this thing, it's it's like you forget your size. Like you're bigger than you think. And I used to drive, this, so this is like culture shock for me. I used to drive a Chevy Aveo. I called it the clown car. Oh my God, we have one and, now. Uh, seriously, it's like, and, and we were able to fit everybody in there, but it was tight. But then you go from that to an F-150 and it's like, okay, uh, go from four cylinders to eight. Mm, all right. <laughs> but I mean, I still, I hate parallel parking in this thing. It's like trying to park a battleship. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just drive around and I'll I'll find a place and walk. Yeah. I'm just I'm scared. I'm gonna like destroy some of these other cars. But thank God no. for the backup camera in those things. No, we don't have one. This is a oh. 2001. Oh, I, there's no okay. no oh, wow. cheat no cheat codes, man. I can't. There's nothing. I just gotta. <laughs> no I gotta feel it. I gotta feel the vehicle crunch. No. Okay, uh, felt you- that. What little bit now I know our listeners can't see this, but what little I can see, holy shit, that truck looks pristine. It does not look twenty years for a twenty-year-old truck. Wow. (laughs) However, keep this in mind: had four girls carted around in it. There, how do you not have like markers and tears in that 
headliner. Oh my gosh. Just duct tape. <laughs> I just duct tape them everywhere into the seats. And I'm like, don't touch anything. Don't make any noise. Don't they, you know, but actually we like, I rarely have them in here. Like every once in a while, if there's something wrong with the van or whatever, we'll all pack in here. But you know, they're just so excited about the novelty of being able to be in, in daddy's truck. truck, you know, <laughs> that they don't want to screw anything up. They don't think yeah. about it. You know, in the yeah. van, they're comfortable. They're like, yeah, we're going to throw Cheetos all over the place. Why not? We're, <laughs> we're in here all the time. Woohoo. Let's treat well, it like our house. Well, and they good do. on you, man. Cause that looks amazing for a 20 year old truck. Even with a little bit, we can see that that's awesome. <laughs> you want to, you, do you want a tour? Do you want to, you want a tour of the <laughs> truck here? I could just take this camera and I mean, yeah, there's not Ooh, uh, nice. uh, yeah. Oh, you've got, you mats. do have the floor mat worn through a little bit. That's I do, good. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like a, there's like a cigarette hole in the uh, seat, but everything yeah. else, you know, there's the extension cords <laughs> coming in through the, through the window there. Nice. That's fabulous. So, Absolutely fabulous. Technology. Yay. <laughs> Breakfast of champions. I well, had, you know, I so, had a laptop punk out in the middle. So of since you guys are time. the big fans of the minivans, it's, you're probably sad that I think Honda and, uh, is it Honda and Chrysler and maybe Toyota still have them, but everybody else has kind of let them go. And so it's getting everybody's harder and about, harder to find them. Yeah, everybody's about the, the big crossover SUV or the SUVs. I, I, I'm torn on that because I, I see a lot of the, you know, people are going to all electric. You know, yeah. Volvo's going total electric, I think, fairly soon. And I did see, now I'm not a big fan of Hummers as a family vehicle or anything i used to be really big fan of them just because you know that was the cool thing to be a fan of when you were in your 20s but i did just see a commercial for them for their electric version that has the crab walk where all the wheels turn yeah and it like slides sideways Sideways. that's pretty cool that that's you know all right okay but yeah i gotta gotta have four doors for me now at, at the very least and sliding doors would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I realized in the middle of this conversation that we all live near a Ford truck plant. There's yeah. one in St. Louis, there's one in Louisville, and there's definitely one here. I think we and, got two, don't we? You might. I think we got two. But that means that you're very likely to start seeing a lot of electric F-150s here. I'm still not driving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a big old wuss. I do not want to drive a car that big. And Alice would not touch it. She she wouldn't touch it. She didn't now, like driving the the five hundred. What's interesting is is as I was looking at I was looking at those family cars and it's got the it's got the caravan and then right next to it is a a suburban, but it's a Plymouth suburban. Mm. So it's not even it's not even the the General Motors product. It's not a Chevy. It's huh. it's a Plymouth suburban. That was sort of like a station wagon, but from like the 19, I'm going to guess it was in the 40s or 50s. Huh. And so I've got a photo of that that I'll, that I'll share here. It's pretty awesome. So we'll, we'll take a look at some of those and want to hear everybody's thoughts on all that, of course. Well, hey, guys, it was great talking to you today. And uh, thanks for, for coming and joining me on Ask Dad Labs tonight. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Hope to see you again, Fritz. It would yeah. be fun, man. Absolutely. And especially when we do that, especially when we do that, uh, that field hockey game. <laughs> We're either going to love it or hate it, man. Sports ball. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to hate it. Good points. 
you've already resolved you're gonna hate it you're like i don't care how because it's, it's sports it. ball not because it's field hockey just because it's sports ball i you know you know what i can't say anything about this because it'll sound creepy right i mean <laughs> a- athletes work their asses off for whatever game they're playing whatever sport they're doing even rope. if it's scrabble i mean they 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 bust their ass on a regular basis Amen. and go to class and then a lot of them have jobs too so you know more power to them they they deserve to get paid yes and they deserve to be in a museum and that ties all our topics we're all together there we go <laughs> all right it was great talking to you guys all right later and thanks to nick dawson and michael fritzius and their awesome families for sharing them with us Ask Dad Labs is produced and edited by me, Ben Fote, and Fote Media Productions, LLC. Like, follow, subscribe, and share across the social media landscape wherever you find Dad Labs. Talk to you next time.